Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Palm Springs. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do proceed and listen without having seen the film, just be aware that we may discuss the plot and there may be spoilers. Enjoy. we're recording we can stop talking about restaurants in your local area now that's too <laughs> local chat see now we're using a new platform so what we used to do was that we would already be rolling as soon as we joined the room but now we've got like a green room thing so you, you guys our listeners are missing out on all the all the pre pre-show chat yeah we should record the pre-show chat and then sell it for a premium to our oh, hardcore yeah. fans this is our um this is our patreon isn't it this yeah. is what if exactly, we did a Patreon, yeah. that's what it would be. You just yeah, hear, hear us laughing at the name of a fish and chip shop that has the word cuck in it. Well, it's called Cuckfish. <laughs> cuckfish, yeah. yeah. Um, which is near to me. I will have to do a taste test at some point and let, let all you dear listeners know that yeah. a cuckfish meets our cuckfish standards. <laughs> yeah, which is in um, Cuckfield. Yeah, town in, um, pronounced in Cookfield, thank you very much. You, you keep telling yourself that, the people of Sussex. <laughs> it is definitely pronounced Cookfield. No one pronounces it Cookfield. I know what I saw. Maybe actually we could record um, We could record that little bit and sell it as an NFT. Yeah, we could. We could. The, the double barrel of getting us money for nothing and destroying the environment at the same time. Yeah, exactly. That's what that Dire Straits song was about, wasn't it? <laughs> Money for nothing and the trees are free. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, we could we could do a little uh, a little Patreon. We could, I could share risque photos of myself. We could do all of the 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 pre chat releases. Is it Patreon, not OnlyFans? <laughs> Why not both? <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, What's we'll the, the line all. between them can be blurred, right? Yeah, yeah. Just ask Robin Thick. <laughs> His his OnlyFans are spelt with two C's. <laughs> um, Only cans. <laughs> Only cans. <laughs> um, oh, the internet so, is a strange place, isn't it? It is a very odd odd place. Um, it has been a very strange, bitter place today because it is today is the the day that the results of the local elections across the UK were revealed. And things did not go well for our pal Keith. Keith um, Keith Starmer. Keith Starmer did not do so well. Um, lots of people scratching their heads. Corbynites going, "This is all the fault of centrists. We should purge the centrists." People, yeah, those stereophonics loving dads. <laughs> yeah, all the manic street preacher dads out there. <laughs> um, and then, then centrist going, "This is all the fault of Corbyn's anti-Semitism. We haven't escaped it." And everyone's ignoring the fact that there's a very easy, um, there's a very easy fix here. The fix is stop infighting in within the Labour Party and actually put forward some kind of policies. <laughs> if yeah. you do that, you're probably going to do okay. If you show people, hey, we actually have some ideas. Um, that's probably going to get them to vote for you. If you don't do that, they're probably not going to vote for you, Keith. I was reading about the um, the Hartlepool by-election. Um, 
and the Labour candidate apparently went asked, you know, what is your what is Labour's vision for transforming the country or something along those lines, just wasn't able to answer it and ended up talking about the local hospital or something. Yeah, exactly. And it, it also shows a complete misunderstanding of the area. Welcome to local politics cast. By local the way, politics everybody. cast. You'll get five minutes um, of it before we get to the film, which is just com- the complete opposite of all of this, which is yes. very good. It's a very nice kind of palette lenser to actually watch that in between all this terrible news. All of the horrible yeah. things that have been happening. Did you have a vote? I did. I did. I had a vote. Um, I had the local council vote um, and I had police commissioner, a.k.a. the most pointless vote. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so we had those votes here. Um, but yeah, the, you know, Hartley... the bit on the um, the description where you it says the party name or it says whether you're an independent or whatever. One of our police and crime commissioner candidates just put in that bit like zero tolerance, tough on crime. As if that's like his party name. <laughs> I've seen a few of those around. A couple yeah. of Tory candidates were doing the same. It's like it's a like, meme, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's like someone searching their name into into Twitter, but actually p- putting it up as a post. Ed Bull's yeah. thing. Um, but the, 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 the Hartlepool thing. Ed Bull's day, it has, it? yeah, yeah. The, um, the Hartlepool thing that gets me is that obviously Hartlepool voted incredibly strongly for Brexit. And so... <laughs> The Labour Party decided the best person to run in Hartlepool was not someone who understood these concerns, but instead parachuting in a fella who was very pro-Remain, um, who had no policy ideas and whose only thing he could say is, oh, well, we're in a new direction now. We're not the Jeremy Corbyn party anymore, which probably isn't a good idea for a seat that twice voted for Jeremy Corbyn's yeah. Labour. <laughs> um, bad, bad decision making, I think. is it's It's not great. Um, but from the looks of it, the SNP are just destroying everybody in Scotland. Um, the the Green Party made some good wins in local elections as they well. They did, we, we yeah. Love the Greens. Um, so it's and not that's all proof bad. of you know the the local. There is quite the disconnect between the local and the national parties and the local politics, isn't there? I mean, I actually voted for an independent councillor for the first time ever because we actually got to know her through some some campaigning we've been doing locally for a, cr- a crossing to be put in on a really dangerous road to a, like a children's play park and you know you know that's like and the greens are doing a lot of this stuff as well where they're actually really digging into the local issues and doing great things there and people can see that and people want to vote for that and it's like you know labor aren't doing anything to connect that to their kind of national vision are they no exactly and i think that the the greens have clearly learned from what the lib dems did about 20 years ago which is if you represent people well at a local level they're then more likely to vote for you at a national level um if you prove that you're competent um but um but yeah anyway it's brexit means brexit (laughs) brexit means brexit strong and stable (laughs) new labor new danger yeah rule britannia <laughs> those are the slogans of the day i do those like this bit like a sh- bit like the shipping forecast it's like an asmr thing yeah yeah actually no sorry i'm gonna cut that out and use that in the patreon fans only um show yeah there we go we'll do, we'll you've got to pay a pound money. if you want that one <laughs> give us give us your money yeah get the risque stuff um, so we had a movie to watch. Uh, we did called, called Palm Springs, and were you aware of the film Palm Springs? I had seen the banner on um, when I've been opening up Amazon Prime on my television. 
So, but all I had seen was a picture of like Palm Springs in a nice sort of eighties looking Miami Vice type font with Andy Samberg's happy face, and I was like, "Oh, that looks like a nice film." And then, yes. yeah, we, <laughs> we dug into it, and it was it, like nothing else, wasn't it? Yeah, I really enjoyed no, it. Actually, what did you think? Yeah, I really loved it. I mean, I'm a big fan of Andy Samberg. Um, he's been in a couple of things I really love. Uh, so I, I really like Brooklyn Nine Nine. I think it's a very funny sitcom. Um, have you watched... I've only sort of dipped in and out of that. I've seen like I've never watched like sat down and watched a bunch of it. Sometimes I catch it when it's on the TV, and I'm like, this is actually very funny. I should go back and watch it. But now I don't want to watch any shows about cops. Yeah, well, that's the one thing that's a bit troubling, isn't it? It's kind of is it just copaganda to show, <laughs> hey, some cops are good. Um, but I suppose in in comparison to some of the wider things with cops in, like every cop movie, most cop television shows, it's probably not the worst of showing <laughs> Robocop. Obviously the biggest piece of, of of propaganda for the police is hey, if cops were robots, they'd be really cool. Um but but apart from that, he's also been in other stuff. So obviously he was part of a of Lonely Island. I don't know if you used to watch that. It's very he's on a boat. We at, he's on a boat. He jizzes he in his pants. He threw it on the ground. Yeah, he jizzes um, in his pants. Yep. Space he's Olympics as well. Space Olympics is very funny. Um, and then he is also in pop star Never Stop Never Stopping. Have you seen that movie? What is that? Um, imagine um, Spinal Tap, but for pop music. Um, I am extremely so, open to that. So it so it stars the Lonely Island fellas, and it's extremely funny. Um, so it's about this guy who who he basically did a uh, Justin Timberlake, where he was part of a boy band, and then he split and did his own thing. And it was initially he was initially very popular, but then it's slipping away from him. Um, and it's extremely funny, also done in that same mockumentary style, um, which is great. So he's he's got lots of lots of good things under his belt um does does andy sambo but this is quite different and although he's very much himself in palm springs it's got a very different energy doesn't it yeah for sure it's got great energy because it's kind of it's that romantic comedy setup isn't it which is quite different to a lot of the things that you mentioned and he's done romantic comedies before but nothing that's quite like this i think yeah exactly exactly it's it's very different um and so f- for people who haven't seen it, it's it's Groundhog Day, but for the wee millennials, I guess yeah. is the best way to describe it. Millennial um, Groundhog Day, because someone you know is getting married. Yeah. So um, so at this wedding, uh, people get stuck in a time loop where they relive the day over and over again, um, which is which is a, a, a nice little concept. Obviously, it's, it owes a lot to Groundhog Day, but it does it, I think, in a way that's different enough for it not to feel like a ripoff, but more like um, a natural progression of that idea in a way. Yeah, um, and you know, we say Groundhog Day because that's the number one example, but there is a page on Wikipedia called List of Films That Include Time Loops. So, yes, you know, yeah. if there's a page for it, it's not just Groundhog Day, is it? No, no um there's there's more than that um and so yeah so although Groundhog day is like the most obvious example um uh, you know you've got Groundhog day and then you've got a variety of different sci-fi movies that's probably the the best thing um the 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 best examples of them list of Um, films featuring time loops the 12 dates of christmas this is the first one this sounds like our kind of thing 
Kate finds herself reliving Christmas Eve over and over again. She must discover how to break the cycle. Should she attempt to win back her ex-boyfriend Jack, or should she pursue the man she went on a blind date with that evening? This sounds extremely our shit. Or something else. That's something else. Stealing gold billion from the Fort Knox, I hope. That's what I would do. It's got Amy Smart in it. Yeah. This this sounds like a sounds like something we should watch at Christmas time. Yeah. Well, yeah, we haven't lined up our Christmas ones yet. I always look forward to it. Genuinely, the last few years, I've really looked forward to watching some Christmas trash so I can talk about it with you, even when there hasn't been a new installment in the Christmas Prince franchise. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, there's some, really good, um, there's some really good horror movies as well. So Happy Death Day is a really fun little horror film where ah, this, yes, this, I've this heard of that. woman wakes up and each day she gets murdered um uh and yeah so and that's very good fun and that got a sequel which i haven't yet watched there's also the final girls which is a it's an homage to 80 slasher movies in a way so these kids get um like sucked into a slasher film and then they are trying to escape from the slasher movie basically um and that's very very funny very very clever got a good knowledge of what makes horror movies work and i think the conceit of a time loop is something that can get old very quickly but i think if you're intelligent enough and creative enough with it you can really make it work and i'd say that palm springs definitely falls into that latter camp where it really makes it work doesn't it oh absolutely yeah and because the thing is it it sets it up and then it doesn't try to mess with it or anything really it doesn't try to be too clever even though i I think it is a clever film it doesn't try to be too clever or try to do too much even though it's quite fast paced and it packs a lot into the sort of just over 90 minutes or whatever that it is but it's yeah it's it's the setup is there it's simple and it's the backdrop for the romance and it gets that right which is a thing I think we talk about a lot on this show where there's a romance that's set against a kind of an uncommon backdrop and it gets too lost in the backdrop and doesn't deal with the romance properly like, you know, the bridges of Madison County. I mean, no one photographs bridges for a, life, a living, right? <laughs> exactly. No one does that. Um, but yeah, and you're right that it it manages to balance itself quite well, I think. Um, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting the way that it handles it. And I think where it really works great is how it portrays the time loop as... Because a lot of the time when a time loop's played for comedic effect, you've got someone who goes initially, oh, I'm shocked this is happening. Then they have fun with it. Then they get bored of it and try to escape. And that's kind of... The five stages of grief. (laughs) Exactly. But but through um, a groundhog. Um, Whereas here, it does something very clever, which is that you've got your fish out of water element um through uh through sarah the female lead played by Kristen malotti does a really great job um but then you've also got andy sandberg's character niles who has been there for thousands of days possibly hundreds of years it's never really established how long it's been going on for for him yeah um where and it kind of it plays with that a little bit but in a fun way yeah where he has been there for a very long time he's been through all of the groundhog day stuff where he goes through those stages and now he's in this weird acceptance stage um where it's all very odd um and what i really liked about this is how it plays with that idea that actually 
you know, this is a horrible limbo, but also you're stuck at a nice wedding where you don't have to do anything horrible in that day. You can just relax and drink. Um, And actually there's some comfort to be found there that it explores a little bit. And it thinks about that idea of like, you know, when we go forward, we're going to have to deal with all the horrible stuff that we left behind. And how do you get that courage to try and push forward? Not just because when you get out of this time loop, it might kill you, which is one of the sort of complicated topics of this of, of, of the film is they might not make it out. They might just die when they try and escape. Um, but more than that, if you do escape and go on with things, what happens if, you know, um, you have to deal with the horrible things you've done? You have to struggle again in life you have to go back and do a job that you can't remember how to do because you've been stuck in a time loop for so long um and i really like the fact that it did explore those ideas a little bit more because that's the kind of stuff that you know human beings are creatures of comfort and if you get stuck in that comforting loop even if it is a a horrible limbo (laughs) you know you might consider staying there if everything's comfortable enough for your for your life you know yeah that was the thought i had sort of over and over while i was watching the film i was like if it's actually a good day or a, and also a day where you kind of have opportunities to to do stuff like they you see them they just get in the car and drive to somewhere and you're like wow how far could you get in a day you know and there's the sort of what could you do if it's a nice a nice day where nice things are going to happen you just think well that's not so bad because a lot of life is you know not really knowing what's going to happen and sometimes you have good days sometimes you have bad days if you know it's going to be a good day you know you start to think maybe it might not actually be so bad to be stuck in that well yeah exactly and i think one of one of the um one of the best ways that this explores it the the whole con- concept of that is with through roy um played by jk simmons who's sort of an antagonist sort of another victim of the whole scenario um he's where, one uh, of my favorite guys and he's great in this as well jk simmons is brilliant um where where early on in andy sandberg's loops he got incredibly high and drunk with a strange uncle at the party and ended up getting the uncle stuck there as well and so every so often the uncle turns up and kills him out of spite um he went into the cave yeah went into the cave which is never explained and that's great i'm glad they didn't try and explain what it was is it magic is it some kind of weird cosmic event who knows doesn't matter what matters is stuck in a time loop um it, it adds literally nothing to this movie if um if it explained what was going on properly um so i'm really glad they didn't do that but but what they do is um they really explore the idea of that comfort well through him because he lives not he he's not there at the venue when the day begins he travels from his home and so what he does is he's he's weighing up the idea of i never get to see and he's angry because he never gets to see his children grow old you know he never gets to walk his daughter down the aisle or anything like that um but at the same time he's stuck in this day that's actually a good day and they have this sit down they have a beer together and they talk about it and i thought that was one of the most tender interesting moments in this film where you've got this that for me was actually the high point of the film even yeah. though i think the romance worked and it is their story it's a romance against this sort of weird time loop backdrop that was the the moment where it sort of hit its philosophical peak, where it's actually thinking about, would you want to be stuck there for this day? You know, what's life like? Sometimes you feel like you're just repeating yourself each day. And he's like, yeah, it's a, it's a nice day. But then he also says like, well, 
I won't get to see he won't get to see his kids grow up or that kind of thing so there's there's always that progression to life that you think you don't have whenever it feels like every day is the same but obviously you do because you look back and suddenly your kids are grown up or whatever yes yeah exactly um and yeah I felt that like you said I felt it was one of the strongest moments of the movie and then he kills him one last time by shooting him with the crossbow while he's in a bin (laughs) Yes, which is great. And, which is and, really funny. And and that's really good because it also shows a little bit of, of an idea that he doesn't want to ruin his perfect day by the by him just murdering someone in broad daylight. So instead, shoot him whilst he's in a bin. No one's going to find him until the day's over and he's gone to bed. So he's going to still have that day ahead to himself. Um, but yeah, um, I, I thought that, that Roy as a character is real a real standout. And, you know, I, I, I think... Um, I think Andy Sandberg and I think um, Christian Milioti did a fantastic job as the two leads and I, I wouldn't want to cast anybody else in those roles at all I think they were perfect but J.K. Simmons in that supporting cast role was so great um, and my, my other half when we were watching this towards the end when they're escaping she was just going where's Roy what about Roy you've got to go get Roy and bring him with you <laughs> um, and so she was very happy to see um, the, the post credit scene where where Roy escapes as well um, but, well, yeah um, he comes up to him at the wedding and it's all, he doesn't know him yes yeah um, which is yeah it's really well done um, and so, yeah. How it's... did Roy get out? Did he blow up the cave as well? Also, that is quite funny that the way they escape it is to just blow up the cave. Like that <laughs> yeah, that shows exactly. you this film actually does have a really good sense of humour as well. And it's like lighthearted enough and cartoonish enough that it makes you chuckle and you feel like you're along for the ride. But it does have some depth as well. It really, really strikes that balance. Yes. Yeah, no, it really does. And she, yeah, she like spends however many thousands of days basically getting a degree in quantum physics so she can understand what's going on and try and work out how they can get out of it and whatever. And the answer is to just blow it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that was really great that it, uh, and and it showed how you could be productive in that time loop as well. Um, that she she spent each day, and although it was the same day loop over and over, she was just accessing these online courses and and learning more and more each day um and you know and and they show various ways in which they do that for fun so they learn how to fly a plane accidentally crash a plane yeah um, you know go to shooting ranges they throw parties they do choreographed dances together which is all fun but it actually showed if you had unlimited time what you could do to better yourself and improve yourself um yeah and and to compare this to another movie that was kind of similar about time where donald gleason goes in a magic cupboard and every so often can go back in time um yeah well you get to see him repeating a bad day over and over and it's a good day even though the same stuff happened because of your perspective yes and in that he never did anything like that not even to the extent of sitting so boring wasn't he (laughs) just captain wet milk he's like Um, i'm still gonna be a captain wet milk lawyer (laughs) boring he, he could even why didn't you drive to brighton and shoot someone <laughs> well, yeah why didn't why he... didn't you drive to dundee in your bare feet why didn't he pull down boris johnson's trousers like exactly there's yeah. there's so much that you could do if you had that unlimited time and uh and a reset 
And you also can't die. So yeah, the well, pain yeah. is real. That's the thing that Andy Sambo keeps coming back to. He keeps going, oh, the, pa- the pain is real. So yeah, you don't want to get shot with a crossbow every day. No. But and, and also you could you... take a lot more risks if you knew um, that you couldn't technically die. And what I liked as well was how it said, you know, uh, you don't want to inflict pain on other people because the pain is real for everyone. And even if they don't forget it, you have to live with what you've done. And again, I thought that was a really prescient thing to say. And it feeds into clearly it's something that he'd been through where he'd been through those phases early on in this loop and had come through it and realized and had this almost more Zen approach to it. Um, and I really liked that it, 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 it focused on it in that way, which is in a way that very few time loop movies do. And I really appreciated that. Yeah. Cause you have her going through all of the same stuff and obviously he's been in there longer. He's the time Lord and he, he's been in there forever. So he's been through all the five stages of grief already. And then you get to see him kind of lording it over her a little bit for that. But it also has this kind of slight, he's hiding behind that sort of millennial slacker. I don't care. I'm just totally detached because I'm stuck in here, man, whatever. And then she, when he sees her going through all of that again, it's just like, yeah, it kind of turns that on his head. Yes. Yeah. Um, And of course it has to do the um, bullshit, um, the the bullshit approach of oh we've got to have a reason to be angry with each other um and in this case it's him having sex with her multiple times in his time loop um like over the millions of days that he's been stuck there which is a bit horrible yeah it felt you, you don't think that you don't feel that comfortable with it do you no no and and i know you're not supposed to feel comfortable with it and i think you're meant to realize that um, and I'd say this is this is a different thing to where in going back to about time where Donald Gleason does that and it's played for laughs. Here it's clearly played for actually Yeah, and it's like a real... consent thing in yeah. about time. That was the worst part of, of it, wasn't it? Yeah, whereas here it's it's not necessarily a consent thing because it's not going back in time by like 30 minutes and doing it again, which is what Donald Gleason's doing. Um it's it's reliving the whole day. Um so it's slightly less of a consent thing, but it's still awkward, but it's meant to be awkward. You're meant to feel you're a shithead for doing this yeah um which again i i appreciated that because even in films like 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 the original groundhog day um him seducing women and doing it the same time each time is played for laughs and actually here it's realizing you know what actually it's not it's it's not what a moral person would do and he's realized that and i think yeah and it forces him to confront it exactly exactly um so yeah so it's interesting and it's refreshing and it's crude as well there are so many sex jokes and bad jokes in this movie and immature jokes but at the same time and the cartoonish violence as well the cartoonish violence which is always great um but it ties it all together in something that's a bit more of a subtle mature package there's there's an intelligence here which i really liked there is, yeah. You realise that actually there's a lot beneath the surface of it. We think about when they're writing this, it's obviously coming from a very a very deep place. But when it's it's in a film, as you say, with, with bum jokes and crossbows and all that kind of stuff, it sort of gets buried. But you can tell that it's there. And I think, yeah, that that's that's a really effective way to to tell a story on film, but you don't necessarily even realise how good it is until it's until it's over because you're just along for the ride, right? And it's enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, and it's something that I definitely want to watch again relatively soon, um, because I'm sure there's loads that I missed in this on the one watch. Yeah, for sure. Like there was dinosaurs. Yes, yeah, dinosaurs. It's great. Is it because they're high? 
<laughs> or is it something to do with the strange time loop they're in? Who knows? Yeah. Um, did the dinosaurs go in the cave? Yeah. Did they go in the cave? Did they? Is it just them hallucinating because they're high on mushrooms? Who knows? Um, but it's yeah, it's it's interesting, and goddamn, do I like an interesting movie? Yes, exactly. It's very different to anything that's out there, really, and I really appreciate that. So yeah, well done. We're fans. And also Peter Gallagher. Yes. Sandy yeah. Cohen from the OC, who he will always be to me. There's a bit where <laughs> him and Andy Samberg are about to make out. <laughs> no, that's great, isn't it? Which um, I appreciate. Yeah. It's yeah, there's lots of there's lots of humor like that in it where it's 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 all positive humor, isn't it? It's nothing that's played at any any group's expense. Um which is something that's that's pretty common for the the projects that Andy Sandberg does actually is a lot of it's and and, and one of the reasons why Brooklyn Nine Nine works is that it's that kind of positive humor a lot of the time. Um and that's one of the reasons why it's so funny and, and it's very much driven by the characters and the character motivations rather than necessarily the set pieces, which I think is why it works so well. Yeah. What's more positive than being on a boat and dizzing in your pants? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, Hold the phone. All... I just saw that Andy Samberg is doing one of the main voices in an upcoming Chippendales Rescue Rangers film. Yeah. and Live one... action CGI. So it's going to be one of those photorealistic... Oh, it's going to be awful, isn't it? <laughs> It is, but the director is one of the Lonely Island guys. So okay, I'm um, I'm liking that. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, we'll, we'll see if it's any good or not. It might be funny. It might be a train wreck. I'm gonna go with train wreck because these yeah. movies are always bad. But there are some fun people involved in it, so who knows? I'm open to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll have to see. We'll have to see. If they don't do like a, a sort of slightly updated version of the original theme tune from the cartoon, I'm going to picket it. <laughs> How dare you? Paddy Johnson's It's furious. one of the best cartoon themes ever. It is if they don't good. If they don't use it, I'm going to be furious. <laughs> and rightly so. Um, one thing that I, I do like is that um, this uh, also has one of it's got a few through roads with i think you should leave with tim robinson which is one of my favorite television shows ever um i've bugged you to watch it before i don't know if you've had a chance to watch it yet i have not no i'm sorry i've seen every episode of cookie monsters foodie truck if you want to hear about that in terms of a tv show that i've seen um tim they're only five minutes each well, that, that's why you should watch I Think You Should Leave, because each of the episodes is only about 15 minutes long. It's very short, oh, okay. only about six episodes. Um, so Tim Robinson does a lot of work with Saturday Night Live, but basically decided he was going to go out and do his own thing, which is much weirder and much funnier than anything Saturday Night Live's done in about two decades. Oh, um, cool. Including great sketches like uh, Baby of the Year, which is like um, Miss America, but for babies. Um, it's extremely funny all sorts of weird nonsense basically so i know that you'll like it because you like the same kind of weird comedy nonsense that i do but um but one of the people in this randy you know the awkward guy who keeps trying to chat up um yeah sarah he's also in that um and i think um andy sandberg is in a couple of sketches in it as well 
and uh, one of the Lonely Island guys directed it. So there's all these kind of through roads between the two projects. Um, all right, but I, cool. I appreciated that. I was like, oh, yes, it's one of the I think you should leave guys. That's good. Oh, that's something I need to check out. It is very funny. Um, very different from Palm Springs. It doesn't have the same kind of depth, but it does have lots and lots of poo jokes. That's like, you know, I can always get behind those. Exactly. Exactly. JK Simmons has never done a poop joke, has he? <laughs> I don't know. No point in his career has he ever made a poop joke. That is a fact. <laughs> is, it, is it our scientific fact for the day? Yep. Um, Film facts with Big Boys Don't Cry. Whiplash full of poo jokes. I still not watched that. That's the one where he's, he's the a, drummer man. I'm a drum man. Um, Spider Man. Get me pictures of Spider Man doing a poo. <laughs> He says to Peter Parker. Um, he must have done poo jokes at some point in his career, surely. Yeah. Gotta be. Gotta this is going to be our spin-off there. show, the J.K. Simmons Poo Joke Podcast, <laughs> where we just work our way through his entire filmography to try and find a poo joke. Well, he was he was the voice of Lenny Turtletaub in uh, BoJack Horseman, and BoJack Horseman has poo jokes. That's true. So That's maybe true. He's done quite a few I voices. Wonder. Yeah, he's done some good voice work over there. Oh, his Uncle Stan in Gravity Falls. That's There's got to be a poo there's joke got, in there somewhere. There's got to be poo jokes in there. Surely. That's a good show. Um, and he he's done voices in American Dad as well, so I'm sure there must be poo jokes in American Dad. American Dad's like poo jokes every two seconds. It's all poo jokes. But some of it's alien poo. That's why it's different and funny. <laughs> That's why it's different. And definitely would have gotten made if it wasn't for Family Guy. <laughs> you know what? I've got something controversial to say. What? Um, American Dad started off being incredibly unfunny, but it actually reached a sweet spot where it was funny. Unlike Family Guy, which got incredibly bad and remained incredibly bad, and I assume remains incredibly bad to this day are they still making family guy I'm sh- they must be surely it's a cash cow jesus christ who's watching family guy now <laughs> well do you remember a couple of years ago they did a family guy simpsons crossover which nobody uh, wanted yeah have you seen the simpsons have done an episode taking the piss out of morrissey and it's really annoyed him i haven't watched it but i really want to see it the issue is that i bet it's not funny but it is funny that morrissey's annoyed by it yeah like uh, I, I, I've given you Simpsons a go. Don't get me wrong. I love, I love old Simpsons, but it's just not the same, is it? It's, it's, it's not the same same show as it was when it was. Well, I wouldn't know. Big. I don't think I've watched it since about the year two thousand. <laughs> All the classics the you could do. Turn, like... turn, turn of the millennium. Paddy was like, <laughs> television. I have no time for this television. No, a noble spirit embiggens the smallest man. <laughs> Oh dear. Um I said that. I stood up and I said that as a speech and then I was like, it's all about the books now. I like books, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I have started saying the word cromulent in my everyday speech just to see Isn't, if anyone. Hasn't it, it actually made it into the dictionary? It has, yeah. Cromulent yeah. has made it into the dictionary. <laughs> um, which is which is great. So we have the Simpsons to thank for that. So, you know, I don't mind if they keep making it. I don't have to watch it. But if they're going to take the piss out of Morrissey, I'm all for that. Yeah, he come is on. a dick. <laughs> Everyone should take the piss out of Morrissey. Um, it's, yeah, it's he is one of the biggest bellends in this country. Yeah. Well, he's not even in this country. Doesn't he live in Rome? Oh, does he? 
What prick. He's definitely the biggest bell end in Rome. <laughs> just, I'm sure there's a lot of bell ends in Rome, but Morrissey is undoubtedly. Well, yeah, of course. The, the Pope lives end. there. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Oh. Religious Sorry, God. Humor. Sorry, Catholic Church. Sacrilegious humor. <laughs> Who do you think would win in a fight between Morrissey and the Pope? Uh. I think the Pope would win because you don't know what he's got under his robes, do you? <laughs> he just pulls out a machete from under his robes. Yeah, or nunchucks or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> a taser. Morrissey would start off in the lead, but I think he'd get tired very quickly. He just chins him to death. Morrissey tries he, to. Hit he's him not got so chin. much, um, so much energy, Morrissey. No, no. Um, yeah, it's 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 um, he's he's so full of bile that he runs out of energy quickly. Yeah, classic. <laughs> classic Morrissey getting killed by the Pope. <laughs> That's a show I would watch. That's a film I would watch. Morrissey versus the Pope. Yeah, instead of come Con- on, lo- Lonely Island guys. Instead of Godzilla versus Kong, let's get the Lonely Island guys to do a fight between Morrissey and the Pope. Come on, Mister Lonely Island. I know you listen every week. <laughs> Mister Island, it's like Meatloaf. Mister Loaf, Mister Island, yeah, Mr. the guy. Island. Um, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so, uh, what 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 else did I like about Palm Springs? Then I really liked the supporting cast in general. Um, obviously, you've got J.K. Simmons, but then you've got everyone else like Misty, played by Meredith Hagner, who's who's very funny, who's this awful human being. Um, and movies like this need a few awful awful human beings, don't they? Yeah. And it sort of comes out throughout it that actually most of the people at the wedding are cheating on someone or whatever. And you're like, yeah, okay, this is fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You've got um, Tyler Hoechlin, who was playing Superman in that show, and I think is now playing Superman again, isn't he? Oh, really? Yeah, so he played Superman in in Supergirl, I think, um, back in the day. But now they're doing a new one called Superman and Lois, and I think he's in that. That's not a Family Guy spin-off. <laughs> Clark Kent marries Lois from Family Guy. Peter Griffin. It's what everyone wants to see. I'm just saying I think they should give give the people what they want. <laughs> exactly. That's what everyone wants, isn't it? Um, oh, but, hey, he was a baseball player. What, in real life or in a movie? Yeah, yeah, in real life. He <clears throat> was going to try and be drafted, but then he decided to do acting instead. Oh, there we go. Oh no, because he got an injury. But he played in the College World Series. Wow. Ah, well then. Good for him. We found Paddy's new favourite actor. And he's also, he's been in Teen Wolf. Never seen it, but I love it. (laughs) Excellent, yeah. Yeah, I've not watched the new Teen Wolf. I I watched the old one with uh, Marty McFly in, but, uh, but never seen the new one. Yeah. Oh, and hang on, he was in one of the Fifty Shades films. Oh, of course. Boyce Fox. That's where I recognised his handsome face from. <laughs> he's in one of the Fifty Shades. Fifty Shades Freed. That's the last one, isn't it? He's like the rival guy that the that Jamie Dornan grew up with in the same house or whatever. Oh. With that stupid plot, remember? That terrible plot. Okay. Man, what a terrible set of movies. So bad. That was the one where she's working in publishing. She's really high up and she walks up to someone in the office and goes, make the font bigger. <laughs> make the book. font bigger, you bastards. That's what, what we do. That's what I That's do exactly, for a job. That's exactly what I make fonts bigger. 
<laughs> I hope that's on your LinkedIn profile. Yeah. You want to make a font bigger? I can do it for you. <laughs> do it. You better fucking endorse me for that on LinkedIn. <laughs> I will do. Don't worry. Don't worry. Um, but it's but yeah, it's a funny it's a funny film, isn't it? It's it's full of smart dialogue when it wants to be smart, incredibly stupid stuff when it wants to be stupid. Um, there, there's some very very funny little lines like um when when they ask what's going on and Niles says I'm the Antichrist. Just kidding, there is no God. <laughs> it's just brilliant. Um Yeah, there's a bit of nihilism sprinkled throughout it, isn't there? That's, yeah, that feels yeah. healthy and nice and sort of does ground it a bit, doesn't it? Because there's all those bits where actually they're having a really great time and you're starting to think, oh the time loop wouldn't be so bad. And then it's like actually yeah, you would want to escape it. Yeah, exactly. And I I, I think that's the thing is that it 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 toys with that idea and i'm glad that it does and then it falls down on the side of you know what yeah we you would want to go on and and live your life and be more fulfilled um but it does it in a way where you've got that sort of nihilistic approach there's almost that zen approach at times to it and then you've got scenes where (laughs) where sarah's shouting at a police officer suck my dick officer bitch (laughs) (laughs) yeah her, her performance when she's sort of like really going for it and doing something a bit a bit crazy, she's great, isn't she? She's yeah. really engaging, yeah. really fun to watch. Yeah, and I hope that this can be a really good springboard um, for her as well, um, because she she's been in some some good stuff. So she is um, in the Wolf of Wall Street. Um, she's Leonardo DiCaprio's yep. character's first wife in Wolf of Wall Street. Um, also, was... I realised I'd seen her in Death to Twenty Twenty at the end of last year. Did you oh, see yeah. that? No, I heard it was good, but um, it was but, good. Yeah. yeah, it's worth it's worth watching. She plays a like um, a woman who's like a, a soccer mum who believes internet propaganda and anti-vax stuff. Very very funny. Oh, good stuff. Um, she's in a really good episode of Black Mirror, um, which is kind of a, a spoof of Star Trek. And that one's very good. Oh yeah, um, I haven't seen that one. Uh, she's the mum in How I Met Your Mother. Um, apparently, the mother. The mother in How I Met Your Mother. What? I'm, I'm not sure if I'd be able to actually confirm that myself because I do not like that show at all and have no interest in watching it to the point. I think I saw like the first couple of seasons and I was like, this is okay. It was kind of on in the background while we were at university, wasn't it? it was yeah, like, yeah. And then like, yeah, it just, yeah. Oh no, it's, it's later than that, How I Met Your Mother, isn't it? I can't remember. It was it was a bit no, after... No, 2005. To, yeah, yeah. So it was kind of on around that time. But yeah. then it started to get really, really tedious and boring and just like obsessed with its own... Yeah, it got really up itself. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was just... Uh, I've already seen Friends. I don't need to watch Friends again. Yeah. <laughs> with, but with, with a weird conceit. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, we'll just throw this gimmick at the front. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think she's she's great in this, and I think she's great in general. So hopefully, this can be a really good springboard as well um, onto onto other things. Um, and equally with Andy Samberg, you know, um, you've got some very funny, very charismatic people here. Um, so let's um, let's let's give them bigger roles. Yeah, for sure. J.K. Simmons. He has just about he has the perfect amount of screen time in this, but sometimes sometimes most of the time he leaves you wanting more, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's uh he's always after those pictures of Spider Man. But never gives you those pictures of Spider Man. No, he's saving them all for himself. 
he's putting those out on his Patreon. You got to pay a pound if you want those. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, overall, I I really loved this, and I'm excited to see what the what the directors and writers will do next. Um, and Peter Gallagher, like I've never seen anything where he's been like a main role, even though he's wonderful. Yeah, no, he's he's great in this. Plays the dad. Um, he's always the dad. <laughs> So what even I want was, is him in a dad he movie. Young, he was the dad. Yeah, where's his emotional dad speech? Ah, oh, I want an emotional dad movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Why don't we make that our next movie, the emotional dad movie? The emotional dad movie is that is that what it's called? That's just the title. That's the title. Yeah, it's very meta. Emotional dad. It's like American Dad, but emotional dad <laughs> exclamation mark. <laughs> There's aliens, there's poo jokes. Lucky he's an emotional dad. <laughs> Lucky he's a dad who can make everybody cry. Here comes a poo joke. Here we go. <laughs> um, yeah, apparently he is in an episode of Family Guy, by the way. Of course he is. <laughs> Everyone's in Family Guy at some point. I'm waiting for my call up to be in Family Guy. Everyone's a guest pres- a guest voice in Family Guy at some point in their lives. Yeah. I I haven't been called yet. No, no. Um and he of course is in uh, Sex Lies and Videotape, which is a very good movie from the eighties. Um, oh, I've not seen that. It's a, it's an interesting one. Um it's uh yeah, one of those one of those odd sort of um sort of sexual dramas um with james spader and uh, andy mcdowell oh of course james spader's in it <laughs> if it's a sexual thriller from the 80s or 90s of course james spader's in it who else would you get in those films um yeah no it's it's a good it's an interesting film um and uh yeah he's one of the peter gallagher's one of the leads in that um, oh cool so yeah we should we should watch that at some point for the podcast actually it's very interesting i've not seen it in years so yeah, um, next time we need an '80s um, diversion. Yeah, that could yeah, be on the cards. We'll uh, we'll have a look at that. Um, so I've got a little bit of trivia for you about Palm cool, Springs. Cool. Um, so it holds the record for the biggest sale of a film at the Sundance Film Festival at uh, seventeen million five hundred thousand dollars and sixty nine cents, beating the wow. previous record by sixty nine cents. Um, which is that's great. deliberate, isn't it? Which is deliberate, I'm sure. Someone's um, gone in and gone put 69 on there. Nice. <laughs> that's very um, lonely island. Very lonely island. Um, apparently, there's multiple endings to this film that were written and shot. But, ah, that would have um, been cool. But then they uh, they decided after doing different screenings for friends and family into which ones worked the best and went with that. Because you know what, I was thinking after they went into the cave and it went black, I was like, if that's the end of the film. I'm actually cool with it. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. It would have been it would have been a perfectly fine end. Yeah, because you know the, the post the bit after that is just a kind of confirming for you that yes they escaped and then later on so did Roy, which is great. It gives you that because you do want that, but leaving that to the imagination would also have been an acceptable move and would have worked within the context and the logic of the film. Yeah, and I, and I think I think it would have annoyed some viewers who wanted a funny sex comedy. And then they were yeah. left not with a direct conclusion and were angry. But people like us, the the pretentious people who wanted Euro trip, but with time loop. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Euro loop. Um, Euro loop. Um, but yeah, people like us, the pretentious film people, 
um i would have been quite happy if it ended on a sort of mysterious ending yeah um yeah it all goes black and then you just see jk simmons's face and he says something in <laughs> french you don't know what yeah. he's saying in black and white as well yeah yeah um yeah so uh yeah if it was directed by jean-luc goddard jean-luc goddard's palm springs yeah <laughs> lars von trier's palm springs oh well that would have been a lot more crossbows <laughs> and a much bigger cave it would have just been about roy and niles the woman would have died early on because pain of women is an important thing to show in movies apparently yeah yeah, Lars von Trier would would go. It would be sort of ninety minutes of not only is the pain real, you're gonna feel it, and you're gonna feel it right now. <laughs> yeah, I could. It, it, that's the thing, isn't it? Did you see that picture of Lars von Trier the other day? By the way, no. Um, <laughs> uh, Lars von Trier in shorts is something. Oh dear, <laughs> I didn't think. Is that, that his new film? <laughs> that's that's the name of the film. Yeah. Who um, wears short shorts? Ba, 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 ba. Yeah, he just looks like a like a tourist. <laughs> it's great because obviously we all think of Lars von Trier as sort of being the the sort of slightly short haired cut beard man, but now his beard is getting longer and his hair is getting mulletier. And there was this amazing photo during the rounds the other day of him wearing a pair of shorts. Oh like, yeah, I see it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a very unimpressed dad. <laughs> He looks like he wants to speak to the manager. He's very unimpressed with that talking fox. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so have you got anything else you'd like to say about, about Palm Springs? Um, no, just that I, I really, really enjoyed it. And I'd recommend that everyone go and see it. It's great. It's, it's really good fun. It's not like anything else out there. It'll make you think. It'll make you laugh. It might make you cry. If you if you've had a couple of beers or if you're high, but yeah, I think it it's yeah it's a really it's a really enjoyable and fun film and a good film for our times. Yeah, yeah, no, I'd agree. I this is a one of those great modern um, modern rom coms. I think it it really taps into a kind of modern mindset with this idea of a time loop and and gives it a real refreshing look and for that i really appreciate it and i'm glad that it's been so well received and it's done so well because this is a very very funny very very clever very touching movie yeah it is touching and it it makes you think a lot especially when i think well still most places around the world are in have some kind of lockdown or restrictions on what you can and can't do a lot of us are working working remotely and you're kind of doing the same thing every day and it feels like you're in a bit of a time loop. I don't know if you feel that, but I certainly do. So to have a film explore that and still be quite enjoyable and fun was, yeah, was a really nice, nice thing. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And a very good time to release it of being stuck in limbo and not being able to do anything um, yeah. outside of your immediate local control. Is uh, Yeah, there's a, there's a metaphor in here that they didn't maybe didn't necessarily intend to have, <laughs> but it, it works very well for this era, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. So what would you do if you were stuck in the time loop? If it's just like a regular day, you wake up at home and and it's supposed to be a work day, but obviously you don't go to work. But Yeah, that's an interesting one. Because um, there's only so much you can do from, from, uh, from a home environment, isn't there? 
Exactly. It's not like, well, yeah, because we're currently in sort of lockdown-ish, there's not so much you can do. So, yeah, if, if there weren't any lockdown restrictions, you could go anywhere, I guess. Yeah. and, and Within a day, you could get a National Express coach to Scotland and then fall asleep <laughs> and, and wake up the next day and be back at home. Day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the exactly. British version of this film would be much, much more drab, wouldn't it? Yeah, it wouldn't be great, would it? Um, whereas, yeah, you know, if if it happened to happen when you're on holiday, obviously that would be much more exciting because you'd be like, oh yeah, I'm on holiday forever. But if you're waking up and just not working the day and you're still stuck in the same environment, I think it would become a lot more. You know, what what would you do? You'd probably read every book that you've not read within your near yes. vicinity. That would that would actually be amazing just to have that time to read. <laughs> play short video games that you can complete in a day go for walks oh yeah because you can't save um i could well we're both within the vicinity of boris johnson enough to travel to boris johnson and pull his trousers down that would be the most important thing wouldn't yeah, it have to Maybe do that. push him in the river push him in the river roll him up on a carpet and throw him off a bridge shave his head and be like sort out your hair yeah <laughs> Um, and then go to prison and then go to prison and wake up the next morning and do it all over again yeah um, but yeah I, I, that that's the thing is if you had something exciting planned that day or something comforting you know if 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 i had tickets to go to a national trust property it'd probably be like you know what this is a pretty good day Let's stay you could do it as a while. challenge you could do could you pull down the trousers of every single conservative mp <laughs> yeah, do one one each day. Do one each day. I think the problem is that that some of them are in Scotland, aren't they? Not many. Yeah, but you'd yeah. have to you'd have to go to Scotland. It's quite far. You'd have to fly. Um, but uh, but you could do it. You could do it. You might have to do multiple trips just to get your scouting out and work. Yeah, out a precise yeah. moment to strike to to give them maybe give them a wedgie instead. Yeah, or, or even just a noogie would be be enough. <laughs> or put push their head down the toilet. Yeah, give them a swirly. Um, yeah. I, I think if they're in a public place, pull the trousers down. If they're not in a public place, give them a wedgie or a noogie. Yeah, because like be if it. you like break into their office or whatever and pull their trousers down, it's a bit weird, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not great. It's not great. Yeah, important caveat that, that the the aim of pulling the trousers down is public humiliation. Yeah, precisely. Um, so yeah, so if they're doing a big speech, obvious trousers down. If they're walking along in public, obvious trousers down. If they're in their office, noogie. If you manage to catch them in the loo, a swirly. Yeah, you could do a real strategy out of this. You could, uh, you could put in points for which one. Tory humiliation groundhog day. This is our <laughs> new film. But the thing is that you'd need both of us to, to be there because we'd have to rank each other's. You'd have to drag me into the cave. Like we wake up in the morning and we've got, we get get on the phone to one another and go, right, today I'm going after Boris. You're going after Jacob Rees-Mogg. Yeah. And some of them, yeah, you've got like Intel, you know, if you're going to need backup or not, if we might need to work together on this one. Yeah, exactly. Rees-Mogg's got a lot of security. (laughs) He wears a chastity belt. (laughs) I bet he does um yeah you go to pull his trousers down and realize that actually it's just you can't because he is literally a victorian ghost you go he's got six children down. but he's never fucked <laughs> exactly exactly um if anyone was a cuckfish, 100 jacob reese yep <laughs> his favorite restaurant favorite restaurant cuckfish. 
I'll have so, yeah, to Groundhog Day these. Tory humiliation coming soon to an Odeon near you. <laughs> if Odeons are still a thing. I don't know. Definitely, definitely. Right, so how are we going to rank Palm Springs then? Uh let's see. Well how many days do you need to repeat before you've had enough of being in the time loop? Uh, so I managed quite a lot. I get up to 18 days in the time loop. Yeah, same here. It's, uh, this We're working very, together on this one. We are, yeah, working in tandem. It's a it's a very good movie. It's not perfect. I can't give it the full 20. You know, there's the odd there's the odd pacing thing that feels a bit awkward. You know, it does yeah, fall into... Yeah, at times it sort of d- delves into montages and it goes very fast. And then other times it's like a lot of scenes of him lying in a swimming pool. Yeah, <laughs> but... yeah um and and you know there's the odd stereotypical plot point about them you know falling in and out of love with each other which which feels a bit you know tired but overall it's extremely funny very clever really heartfelt highly recommend watching this yeah if the romance wasn't against the very very interesting back backdrop and in you know interplaying with that perfectly it would just be boring if it was like a, a regular old rom-com yeah, if, if it was two people meet at a wedding and fall in love, but then I think we're beyond those kind of movies at this point, aren't we? Well, you say that. I'm sure we could dig some up. <laughs> There'll be some. There'll be some. Um, but yeah, it's, it, this is a great one. Go and watch it. Yeah, highly recommended. Seal of approval. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So what have we got next then? Well, we've we've had a tip off about a film that's offen- potentially offensive to the people of Ireland, so I think we need to go down that route. <laughs> oh, Jimmy, we had a tweet from my dad saying "shit piece alert," but he <laughs> yes. spelled "shit piece." He put two words. We should. We, I think we need to issue a very important clarification that "shit piece" is one word. Yeah, it's not hyphenated. Not it's not two words. It is one word. "Shit piece." Yeah. Um, so yeah, shit piece alert potentially. This is Wild Mountain Time. Have you heard about this? <laughs> I have. That's time as in the herb, not like it's Wild Mountain Time. <laughs> hey everybody, it's Wild Mountain. But when you time. hear that, you're going to think that, aren't you? Um, yeah, I think I, when the trailer for this dropped, I sent it to you immediately, and then I forgot all about it until I saw your dad's tweet. Um, I am extremely excited about this. I, yeah, I cannot. It wait. looks good but awful <laughs> it got a one star review from the guardian uh which is all we need to know yeah oh was it was it from our, our main man yeah it was from peter bradshaw <laughs> who is always right about everything the the one thing that i remember about the trailer is that jamie dornan has a terrible accent in spite of the fact that he's from northern ireland <laughs> i'm like how did that happen um so yeah um I'm really excited to see how bad this is. Yeah, me too. And Christopher Walken's in it as well. <laughs> Can't go wrong with that, can you? Yeah, and John Hamm, but he's American, so it's fine. Yeah, that's all right. That's all he's right, not then. disgracing himself by doing a bad accent. He's just <laughs> being John Hamm. <laughs> oh, dear. So, yeah, looking forward to how bad that one is. Excellent stuff. All right. Um, thanks a lot for tuning in. We really, really do appreciate it. You can find us on Twitter at Big Boys Don't Pod on the emails Big Boys Don't Cry Podcast at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. And there's a link in our show notes where you can give us money. It's like a tip jar if you like what we do. 
And we will be back next week to talk about Wild Mountain Time. Or it will be Wild Mountain Time. <laughs> Alrighty. Bye-bye. Bye. That's my favorite time zone. <laughs>